0: So we're in uh, this series called Hungry for God, and if you haven't been able to be here for one or two of the last sessions, the last couple of sessions, I encourage you to get online. They're there. The videos are there. You can just listen to the podcast of it, but something to feed your soul throughout the week and be caught up with where the the rest of the church body is. Uh, Listen, this is really important stuff. I mean, it's just so important for us to grow together, all right? The email that I sent out this week has to do with how God uses groups. You know, our, our culture is so focused on the individual that we've forgotten and we've left behind what God likes to use, and that's groups of people. Yes, He'll use the individual. Yes, He'll do great work in the individual's life, but we grow together and we move together. God uses groups. Do you agree? If not, we'll have a whole teaching on that, okay? And um, so grow together, be connected to this body, um, pay attention to what's going on and and be a part of what's going on and grow with us, amen? Um, All right, so let's get to it. Today we're going to talk about living lavishly towards God, living lavishly towards God. One of the most common and greatest mistakes that you can make in your relationships, a relationship with a spouse or anybody in your life, is, is that you hold out or you withhold goodness and good things from them, blessings, good things that you're, you can do for them. When you withhold yourself and with, when you withhold your best from the people in your life, those relationships, a wife or a husband, not giving their best in a marriage is a problem. An employee not giving their best at work is a problem. Not giving your best that you can to a friend. Not giving your best and withholding from your church family. That's a problem. And the question is, when will someone be be good enough for you to just lavish your love on them? When will someone be good enough for you to lavish your best on them? Who are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Well, I need him to look like Fabio. I need at least hair like that. What are you waiting on? Lavishing your love on someone. What about God? You see, Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 25 that what we do for the least of these is what we've done unto Him. And so when we do things for others, we're lavishing our love on God at some level, Right? How we treat each other, how we treat our, our marriage, how we treat the people in our lives, how we drive down 380. <sighs> That's how we treat God. How we live out our earth, earthly relationships tells us a lot about our relationship with God. And I will say this, and please, this is not condemning. This is something to try to get you to at least look at your life. If you struggle to have long-term relationships, you're probably going to struggle to have a long-term relationship with God as well. And so it's important for you to look at these things in your life and say, okay, what can I do to grow in my relatability? How can I grow in the ability to have good long-term relationships in my life? And the church is where we get to practice relationships in a safe place. We're not here to push you out. Now, if you come in and you just demand that you're going to take over the place and we got to do things your way, okay, bye. But if you're humble and you're trying to grow in your relationships and you're trying to do things well and right and, you're trying to, and you try to make things right when, when you mess up, man, we're here all day long for you, right? So we're not here to push you out. We're not here to do that. But uh, here's, here's what I do know. When you get hungry for something, you'll do pretty much whatever it takes to go after and get that, Right? And, and the problem we face in our relationships, including with God, is we let our relationships and we let these, these important relationships even, we let them go stagnant. We let them go dry. And when, when, when fruit's been sitting too long, that's not something to, to, to be hungry for, is it? Black bananas? Now, Emma Grace likes black bananas because she likes to make banana bread, But nobody's going to just crave a black banana. What happens? You start to peel it, and it's all mushy and disgusting. A bruised apple? Nobody craves a bruised apple. If you do, I'd like to know why. We don't crave something that's gone stagnant or stale. We don't crave something that is is rotting. We crave things that are fresh and new. And so we've got to keep our relationships fresh and new. Keep your relationship with your spouse fresh and new at work you got to keep that relationship at work fresh and new listen you prayed for that job a few years ago didn't you and you were so happy and excited some of you prayed to have this church you got it but were you more excited when you first came than you are now has it become stagnant and dry well guess what we didn't change You got to keep the spice going. You got to keep the communication going. You got to keep things moving. You got to keep praying for each other. You got to do what it takes to keep serving one another and keep doing the things. Well, John, I've been working in the nursery for 15 years of my life. What am I going to do? I'm tired. Or, John, I've been vacuuming the church once a month for how many years of my life? How am I going to? you got to keep it fresh. Come on, turn on some worship music or something and just start dancing while you, you vacuum. I don't know what you need to do. Just do it. You're doing something for the Lord, and you're doing something for His people. And it's a beautiful thing. Scripture says, Romans chapter 12, verse 11, Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. Never be lacking in zeal. What is zeal? What is spiritual fervor? It's like a fire, right? Like Laura Ashley was talking about earlier. God, light me on fire. Spiritual fervor. Be excited about God. Be excited about what He's doing. John, that's just not my personality. Okay, well you can hold it in, but you can still be excited. You've got to You've got to feed that fire. You've got to fan the flame inside of you and say, you know what? Nobody else is going to do this for me. I've got to do this for myself. I need to be excited. I need to be excited about doing what God has called me to do in my life. Never be lacking in zeal. What's he saying? He's saying, this is our responsibility You don't wait for someone to get up and get you excited. You don't wait for someone to pump you full of money so that you can be excited. You don't wait for someone to give you a great feeling so that you can be excited. He's saying you decide to never be lacking in zeal. You decide it. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. What is that? Keep your spiritual hunger. Be hungry. Choose to. So here's a real question for your life. Ask yourself this. Where am I sowing the seeds of my life? Where are they going? Where have you sown the seed of your life? What is, uh, was it good seed? Did you sow the best seed? And did you sow it in the right places? Those are good questions. You see, the laws of God's creation mandate that good seed sown in good places, in good soil, will yield a good harvest. Come on. Wake up. Listen to this. This is important. This is the law of God's creation. That good seed sown in good places in good soil is going to yield a good harvest. That's a law of God's creation. That means if you sow good seed in good soil, you're going to have a, a good harvest. That's hope. Sowing good seed is the key for good relationships in your life and a good relationship with God. Now, you have have good seed to sow. No, I don't, John. Oh, come on, that's false pride. You have good seed to sow inside of you. How do I know that? Because God put it there. You have good things that you can do. You have good seed that you can spread The question is, where are you spreading it? To whom are you sowing? If your good seed is going to go to the wrong people and the wrong things, don't expect a good return. Good seed, good soil, good crop. Good seed, wrong soil, bad soil, bad places, whatever, bad crop. Bad seed, good soil, you understand? That's the equation good seed, good soil, good crop. All too often we put our energy and resources into the people and and wrong places and wrong things that that just demand from us. The old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? You've got to determine that the squeaky wheel does not mandate oil from your life because the squeaky wheel is yelling or loud. It doesn't mean that that's where your energy and your resources and your time needs to go. You've got to choose to have purpose and where you spread seed in your life. Jesus said this, don't give to dogs what belongs to God. And then he went on. He said, they'll only turn and attack you. Don't throw pearls down in front of pigs. They will trample all over them. What was Jesus talking about? He's saying right now you possess things that belong to God. And if you give those things, if you spread that seed in the wrong places to the wrong people, they're just going to turn and attack you. Don't give your life, don't give your best to the wrong things. Plant it in good soil. And in your stewardship of God's things, he says, hey, these are my things. This belongs to me. All of you belongs to me. Sow yourself into this world in a way that matters. You ever given something to somebody that didn't appreciate it as much as you appreciated it? Wasn't that frustrating? And even more, you can look back and go, man, if I had not given it to that person, but gave it to this person who actually could have used it and would have appreciated it, how much more frustrating is that? What if at the onset of this year, you decide to sow good seeds into good soil so that you can get a good, a good return. What if you decide, this is the year that I'm going to sow in the right places? So let me ask you this. What is getting all your time? What is getting all your attention? What is getting all your resources? What is getting all your emotions? Are you sowing seeds to the wind, or are you sowing seed? into the proper places. If uh, TikTok is getting all your time, that's a problem. Now, I'm not saying that there's not funny stuff on there that you can share with people and laugh at. If Fail Army, I love Fail Army, watching people fail is so funny, (laughs) right? Right? But if that's getting all of our time, I, have you seen people, they're sitting at the table the entire time, and they're like, oh, watch this, oh, watch this, and the entire time, they're not able to have a conversation or anything, and you'll see them off to the side laughing to themselves, staring at the phone. Now, that's an extreme situation, they are, they do exist, and you know it. If addictions are getting all your money, you're sowing to the enemy of your life. So Jesus taught the parable of the sower. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. He was teaching by the water one day, and he said that a farmer went out to sow his seed. And he said, Jesus said, some seed fell on a path, and the birds came by, and they ate the seed off the path. And he said some were sown in rocky places, but the soil wasn't deep enough, or the the surface of the rocks and stuff was there, but But it was hard underneath that, basically, rocky places. And so what would happen is the soil would go in, but not be able to penetrate to be able to get roots to go down in. So it it would sprout up really quickly, but as quickly as it would sprout up, the sun would scorch it and it would go away. And he said other seeds fell among the thorns. And what happened was the thorn uh, bushes or the, the weeds would choke out whatever would grow. And he says that's a problem too. But then he says some seed, though, fell on good soil, and produced what? A great crop. Good seed, good soil, great crop. All right? You would be wise to sow the seeds of your life in good places. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about becoming a lavishing lover of God. The good places are the things that God is writing on your heart. Saying, I like these things and I don't like these things. He's saying, Stop sowing seed into the things that I don't like and start sowing seed into the things that I do like. And what are you going to do? You're going to reap a great harvest. That's awesome. And what did Jesus say? He said, In order to, to direct your heart, You've got to start sowing seed there. Where do I get that from? Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your..." So what is he saying? He's saying where you sow seed in your life, your heart is going to follow that. And if you want to lavishly love God, if you want to have that growing hunger for God in your life, you've got to start sowing seed for the things that God likes in your life. No wonder we're so upset. No wonder we're so tired. No wonder we become nihilistic in this world. We're sowing seed into the stuff that kills, that dies, that, that vanishes, that goes away and destroys relationships. And everybody is, is struggling around us. But God says, you know what? If you'll begin to sow the things in, in my life that I like, if you'll begin to sow that seed into the things that I like, it's going to change your life. Okay, we could just stop there and go to lunch. Because that's, that's the crux of it. Now, here's how you know if you're truly hungry for God. You know because you've started sowing the seed and the right things. And at the same time, it's kind of like which came first, the egg or the chicken? Thank you. Do you know why chickens are so funny? Because! <laughs> Who said that? Thank you. That's great. It's kind of like which, which came first, the chicken or the egg? you got to start sowing seed in the right direction, in the right soil, and that will grow your hunger for God. But then because you grow your hunger for God, you're sowing more seed in the right direction, the right places, right? So, so, uh, here's how you, so that's how you know. When you, when you get hungry for God in your life, you sow seeds to what He likes. How? You sow seeds to him, and that's where the hunger begins to grow. So let me ask you, are you sowing seed to the dogs and pigs in your life? What are they? Well, the dogs are the ones that attack, right? So maybe you got hurt 20, 30 years ago. And you still are putting your emotions towards that. Maybe it was a former spouse or a boyfriend or somebody stupid back then, right? And you've got this husband today that is just begging for the attention that you're giving to that person 20, 30 years ago. You're sowing your seed to the dog. Are you following me? It's time to let that go. And it's time to put your seed in the right person, the right place. And what's going to happen? That relationship will flourish. When is somebody going to be good enough for you to lavish your love on them? When is somebody going to be good enough to overcome the pain? When is God going to heal you enough to overcome the pain? When you decide to start sowing seed in the right direction. That's when. Is your seed getting eaten by birds? Are you sowing your seed out there on a hard heart? Somebody that really doesn't care whether or not you live? Is that where your seed is going? What a waste. Is your, it, it's, and it's no wonder we lose our zest for life. Is what you're giving your time and energy to actually making a difference? Is what you're giving your time and energy to your emotion to, is it actually making a difference in this world? Is it actually growing relationships? Is it actually growing your relationship with God or growing the kingdom of God? Is what you're investing your life in doing something good? You can watch a football game all the way to divorce, can't you? Now listen, I love football. Specifically, Alabama. I had to throw that in there for Angela today, all right? You have to be careful. Where is my life and energy going? Where are my seeds going? Ladies, you can watch Hallmark movies for the next 10 years and learn everything that you should and shouldn't do about a relationship and watch them come and go in those movies for 10 years. And still end up alone by yourself. (laughs) When I sit down to talk with couples who are having serious marital problems, one of the very first questions I ask them is, all right, because I start interviewing a little bit, you know, after they tell me their story, I say, okay, you guys are going to hate me for this. I say, how many dogs do you have? Now listen, I don't have a, problem against dogs. But one of the things is if you've got four or five dogs and your marriage has fallen apart, it's interesting how you end up divorced, but everybody still has dogs. (laughs) Causes a lot of stress. But more than that, all too often, there's a husband or a wife that is sitting there dreaming of being treated as well as the dogs get treated. And it's okay. You can nudge your spouse right now if you need to. Listen, when you get hungry for God in your life, you begin to sow seed in the right direction of life. Priorities become in perspective. What God likes, you begin to do, and what God doesn't like, you stop doing, and you begin to lavish your love on Him. You begin to lavish your love on Him. For many years, I would talk with couples about uh, the love bank. And Love Bank is basically this concept that, you know, you can, that everybody in the world has, has an account with your name on it, okay? Everybody in the world does. And when you meet them, if you smile at them, you just put a deposit into their life, okay? Um, and it, when you say something or do something that's wrong or stupid, you've just made a withdrawal and that can cause problems in the relationship, So I want to take it a step further. I'm I'm not completely discounting that or discrediting that. I think there's some validity to it. But I think based on Scripture that there's something even more that we we could look at to be a, a little bit more intentional in our relationships. And that is, instead of it just being a love bank, let's go to the field and talk about it being like a farmer's field. Each person, you begin to cultivate a field in their life. You begin to sow seed into their life. And instead of it just being some bank, you know, nine to five, and it's, it's more of a field that you cultivate, that you water, that you care for in a relationship with other people, that you communicate with them. It's like farming. So where are you sowing seed? Who are you sowing seed into their lives? I heard about a farmer in South Africa who became a follower of Jesus. This was a rough and gruff guy. I mean, he was, he was always just angry, and everything in life wasn't working. Everything he touched seemed to fall apart, and there was problem after problem. He's got a wife, and he's got kids. He's trying to feed them. It was a very difficult, difficult situation. And one day, his wife talked him into going to church. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to put on a tie and all of that. And so finally she got him to church, but God began to deal with him as he was standing there in the church. God began to penetrate his heart and he realized it was time to try something new. And so that day he responded, not only that, but he took his entire family to the altar and they accepted Christ into their lives. Everything began to change in his life. And now listen, understand, when you begin to sow seed in the right direction of your life, your life changes for the good. So as much as we want to say, well, it's God blessing and God, the blessing of God comes more from you living a different life than you used to live than anything. Make sense? So he became hungry for God, though, and he started changing. He started telling the other farmers about his relationship with Jesus, and they all were shaking their heads. You're crazy. What's wrong with you? You've got Jesus now. They saw the difference in him, though. They saw he began to do things different. He began treating his employees different and and taking care of the farm just differently. He began to trust in God for some things. Well, a drought came to the land, and, and all of the farmers were about to have some serious problems because there was not going to be a good harvest, and some were going to probably lose their farms. And, and he sensed that it was time for them to plant something different. This is a true story from the late 70s, early 80s. In fact, this guy is still living today. He decided that it was time to plant potatoes just sensed that this was what God was wanting them to do. And so he told the community, Hey, folks, I'm going to plant potatoes. And they all laughed. Why? Because we're in a drought. Potatoes need a lot of water. Why would you plant potatoes? You're going to go bankrupt if you do that. I don't. I just sensed this is what we need to do. And he started praying for a miracle. He ordered the, the seed potatoes. We talked about these last week. Made a mess up here. Planted potatoes. And when potatoes begin to grow, they've got seeds, right, that come out and and they begin to... See, this is a living thing right here, right now. This is living right now. And it will grow these little sprouts. And as the potatoes begin to grow under the ground, there's also normally like green that comes out above the ground. So he planted potatoes by faith. At the same time, he started as being an evangelist, telling people about Jesus, holding sessions and preaching to other churches and stuff. But after he planted potatoes, you can't see because they grow underground if they're growing at all. And his fields were dust. They were dirt covered. The green never came out. Everybody was telling him, you're crazy, you're nuts, this is never going to happen, it's never going to work, you've just lost your farm, and when it came finally time for him to go out and see whether or not there was a harvest, he went out and he dug down, and sure enough, down in the ground where he couldn't see for so long, he pulled out these big, beautiful potatoes. It was an absolute miracle. It's a true story. God did something in that community. And so often, sowing seeds for God is like that. You can't see anything. There's no evidence that growth is happening. There's no evidence, but down underneath... when it comes harvest time, you better believe it's going to be there. It looks like the drought has scorched things and not going to allow you to have any kind of a harvest, but you got to remember, good seed, good soil, trust God to water it, right? And, and, and people are going to be telling you, oh, why are you spending so much time going to church? Because I'm planting Potatoes. Why did you change your life so much? You're not hanging out with us anymore like you should. What's going on? I'm planting potatoes. I believe in what Jesus is doing in my life. Why are you giving so much to that? Because I'm planting potatoes. I believe in a harvest that's coming. Why do you and your husband suddenly look so happy and you're together and all of the things have changed? Because I started planting potatoes. I started sowing seed in the right fields of my life. I started putting Things into what God says are good. God wrote somewhere on the tablet of my heart the things that He likes, and I began doing those things, and it's amazing. It changed my life, it changes my marriage what are you doing so great? Why are you doing such a great job at work now? Because you're making us look bad. Listen, I'm just just planting potatoes. That's all I'm doing. I'm doing things right. I'm doing things the way that I'm supposed to be doing them. And instead of putting seeds into things that God doesn't like, I'm sowing seed into the good things, the right things in this world. Listen, you may not see results for a while. It may take a couple of years for your harvest to come in, but you better believe it. When you're sowing good seed in good soil, God's going to water it, and it's going to be something great. That's a promise from him. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it enough to do it? And that farmer believed it enough that he planted an entire crop and he made all kinds of money from it. Isn't that great? I've believed for many years that This is what God is doing with Relate Church. That the potatoes are growing. And I say to you, it's time to harvest now. It's it's time to bring in the harvest. It's time for you to tell somebody hey, you're a potato come find Jesus. Don't tell him that. <laughs> and here's the truth. I'm hungry for God. And I know you are too. You say, well, no, I'm not, John. No, you got to see, you got to understand that the things that you're craving for, really, it's a hunger for God. You just don't know it. And if you'll begin to seek after God, if you will begin to feed your spirit with Him, you'll realize He's what you've been looking for all this time. James David, would you come? So how do you find that you're hungry for God? Well, first, you just let Him in. Like we talked about last week, he's trying to get to the core of your heart so that he can begin to write his likes and dislikes on your heart so that you can know him, have a relationship with him. That's where you begin. Well, how do I do that, John? Well, you've got you to work on the soil right now. You can do that right now. The question is, you know, Jesus is sowing seed into your life Has His seed fallen on a hard surface like a road in your life, a path that's packed and hard and the birds just keep coming and getting it? Has the seed that God has planted into your life, has it fallen on rocky places? You'll come to church once every now and then and, oh man, that's great. I'm excited. I accepted Christ into my life and it just grows. And then As soon as the heat comes, it squelches it away. Is that what happens from time to time with you? It's time to till the soil of your heart. Come on, till the soil. Turn it up and let the seed of God penetrate. And the roots begin to go deep, right? Has it fallen on thorns, a thorny place? Okay, God, I accept you into my life, and it begins to grow. But then all of the addictions and problems in your life begin to begin to to, to strangle it. Is that what happens to what God has done in your life over and over and over? It's time for that to stop. It's time for that to stop. And this January fifteenth, twenty twenty-three, is the day that you say, "Okay, God." I want you to till the soil of my heart. I let you come in. And I want good seed to land on good soil. And God, would you water it? And would you grow me? I want to belong to you for the rest of my life. And God, I want to be excited. I want to have zeal for you. I want to be passionate for you. And I want to lavish my love on you for the rest of my life. That's where you begin. And Jesus is saying you have to let the seed fall on good soil in your life. But here's what we do too often. We give the good soil to the wrong things in our lives. And the wrong things grow and flourish Bad things grow and flourish in our lives because they were planted in good soil. It's time to stop. Aren't you ready for that? Good seed, good soil, good harvest. You ever been driving down the street and you see someone's sprinkler system? They don't even know. It's turned around and it's watering the street every morning. You know what I'm talking about? And then it freezes out and they've completely made an ice rink in the road. That's what some people are like when they come to church. God starts watering. Water's coming out from the pulpit up here. And it's just hitting the street of your life and it's not getting to any kind of a good seed and good soil. It's time to let God begin to water inside of you the seed that is sown. Would you do that? Open your heart to Him. I really sense that there's some here that you've been putting a lot of energy into the past, emotion, a lot of good seed is being sown into old soil, bad soil. It's time to change the direction of that people around you today right now need your love the people with you right now need your affection your husband your spouse today needs what you have your church family well john you don't know i got hurt in a church years ago and i don't ever want to get involved again listen let me be honest with you you're going to get hurt It's up to you what you do with it. It's up to you what you do with it. And I promise you this. When you sow that good seed and good soil, it doesn't matter how much you hurt because that good harvest is coming. Believe that? It's time to let go of the past. It's time to let go of the dogs in our lives. It's time to let go of all of that and let God... Do some things in our life today, you have the ability to do that. Would you bow your heads? It's time to forgive and set yourself free. Set yourself free. God, I give you those hurtful things in the past that I've wasted time, emotion, energy, and it has caused me to withhold my love from others today. So I give that to you. And today I change my life with your power your direction. I ask you for it. And I'm going to begin to sow good seed in the good soil. I want my life to be a good life, full of joy and hope and peace, no matter how difficult it gets. And maybe you're here today and you need to accept Christ into your life. It's time to let Him come in. Come on, till that soil of your heart up. Let him come in. Let him penetrate with that good seed and begin to take root. God, I invite you into my life. Thank you so much for your forgiveness for my sin and shame. I understand it's not about that anymore. It's about a relationship with you. And I come to you today and I want to be a farmer spiritually. I want to begin sowing good seed. And I want your your seed to be sown into my life, begin to grow in me, make me healthy and strong and whole, heal me, that I may be able to heal others. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father.